This is the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. We're a church passionate about encountering Jesus and sharing his love with our city. To find out more about who we are, visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk. morning everyone. Lovely to see you all. I thought I'd dress up nice for you today since I'm going to be at the front. <laughs> Let's just pray before, before I begin. Lord, thank you for being with us this morning already. Thank you that, um, that during that worship there we were able to praise your name and that also that you know you came and met, uh, met with us, that your Holy Spirit was here. And I ask you just to continue to be with us, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Be amongst us. As I speak just now, being on our hearts, open our ears, just let us experience you more and more. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, Lord. Yours is the glory forever. Amen. So, this morning, funny enough, I'm going to be speaking to you about worship. So, um, worship is a crucial part of who we are as followers of Jesus Christ and who we're called to be. It can be very personal, and at the same time, collective worship can unite us as a people. This morning, I want to look at a few key questions uh, that are good for us to reflect on when we worship, and they are, nice, how do we worship, who do we worship, and why do we worship? So, straight in, how do we worship? Jesus says, in spirit and in truth. Now, I'll come back to that in a little while. But let's have that in our hearts and minds from the very beginning. Jesus says, in spirit and in truth. Now, the first thing that might come to mind is through music, like we've just done. On a Sunday morning, we join our worship band and sing praises to the Lord. We may think about a time when we've been to a Christian conference as well, uh, and there's always a lot of worship songs being sung then. There was amazing worship going on at the Scottish Vineyard Conference in Aberdeen. For anyone who was there, uh, it, it was brilliant. So music is a beautiful way to worship our King. However, it's not the only way that we can come to worship and glorify God. In Romans uh, chapter 12, verse 1, it says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship, a living sacrifice. To be a living sacrifice is true and proper worship. So what, is, what does that mean? What does it mean to be a living sacrifice for God? To me, I believe Paul's saying that, worship, uh, that the worship God seeks from us involves our entire lives, not just on a Sunday morning singing songs, to give ourselves, of, give of ourselves everything to the Lord, not just to give our voices, but to give our lives fully in devotion to Him, our Creator, our Father. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, It says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. How do we worship with our entire lives? With all of our hearts and with all of our souls and strength. Well, we worship the God of love by how we speak to our loved ones, how we serve each other, how we love our neighbor and handle our money how we work at our jobs, conduct ourselves when playing sport. I've definitely um, sometimes not been great at that and given a few 
questionable words to the referee or my opponent. So is Ailey, actually, for the matter of fact. I've been there. <laughs> we worship God through using our bodies and skills that God has given us. Uh, it could be in sport or through other gifts and skills for, like art, music, science, politics, culture, cooking. You name it, we can use it to worship God. As followers of Jesus, we are called to strive to worship God in all that we do and live this way. So to follow Jesus, I've, I've mentioned that a few times now, to follow Jesus, it's also translated in the Bible to mean to imitate. I used to imitate my older brother um, and follow him about when I was younger, quite a bit, uh, as I thought he was really cool and I wanted to be like him. My brother's a Christian and, and he, he, he is still um, and, and was then. And on reflection, a lot of things that he would do uh, and say reflected who Jesus is and how he would treat people. I wanted to imitate my brother because I respected him and I loved him, and I still do, despite him being far from perfect. I'm sure each one of us can think of people that we've tried to imitate at times throughout our lives. Who better, though, to imitate and follow than that of our perfect Savior and King, Jesus? And this is worship. By living as best we can to reflect or imitate Jesus, it glorifies him. I've taken a lot of inspiration from what I'm saying this morning from the Vineyard Values book, um, which Rachel, um, about probably two years ago, borrowed us, <laughs> and we've kept it. Um, <laughs> thanks. Um, it's awesome. If you've not read it already, definitely recommend. To be fair, this talk is probably sounds like an audio book from the Vineyard part about worship, because um, I've taken a lot of inspiration from that. It's so good. Um, in one part, an old Latin phrase is, is mentioned, which sums up living like this, you know, in reflection of Jesus. Um, and is Kuram Deo, hopefully I've pronounced that right, and it means live, uh, to live before the face of God or to live in the presence of God. God offers, a life, God offers us life in all its fullness now to experience his joy by worshiping him with our whole lives and living in his presence. When we worship in song, we ask the Holy Spirit to come and rest upon us, and we can feel the presence of God moving in this place during that time. Literally five minutes ago, I, I don't know about anyone, I felt the Holy Spirit was here. So let us do that throughout our whole lives. Let's not just leave it to when we're singing and, and praising God. Why not ask the Holy Spirit to come on our way to work while we're making the first coffee of the day, when dropping the kids off at school, when you're about to take the field for a match. Ask the Spirit to come and fill you up and help you to imitate Jesus today. That is worship, and God absolutely loves it. When it comes to worshiping God, it's all about the internal, not the external. So we can express ourselves in worship in many ways, and they can all be good. For example, some people may raise their hands and worship in freedom. Some hold their hands out symbolically, showing that they're giving all, their, all they have to Jesus, or that they wish to receive the Holy Spirit. You may see people on their knees in a demonstration of obedience to God, or others contemplatively holding their hands or simply having their hands by their side. Whatever way we come before God physically, he cares only about our hearts, that we worship in spirit and in truth. In John chapter 4, verse 19 to 24, yeah, uh, the Samaritan woman at the, woman at the well asked Jesus, where and how exactly can I worship? And Jesus responds saying, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, 
and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Jesus desires us for, desires for us to come to him in complete openness to experience relationship with him and to experience the Holy Spirit. He wants us to come with our adoration, our pain and our anxieties, our frustrations, and most importantly, our obedience, to have obedient and open hearts to worship in spirit and in truth and say, God, whatever is going on in my life right now, good and bad, amazing and awful, in worship, I give it all to you. I give my life to you. Please use it for your kingdom. Now, whatever way that looks physically, it doesn't really matter. Bear with me one second. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> For the podcast, I was stripping, but not too much. Just uh, my suit clues off. I've still got clues on. I was actually going to wear shorts underneath my trousers and take the trousers off. Uh, but my good wife um, advised me that probably wouldn't be a good idea. And it may cause some shock and outrage. And I think she would have been right. So I've left it at that. <laughs> you get my point. God doesn't care about the external. You know, again... Not saying that it's not, not good to dress smart. It can be really nice to dress smart, and it can be a respectful thing. But also, you can dress casual. Whatever way, it doesn't matter to God. He cares about the internal. He cares about our hearts. He doesn't also care about how good or bad our singing voices are, or how eloquent our prayers are when we say them out loud. He just cares about us knowing Jesus and reflecting that in how we love and share the gospel so that all people can experience his love. I, as I took my jacket off as well, I, see, I seen the parents, there's an instinctive reaction to try and get up and put that on a hanger. Because uh, I'm going <laughs> to... So, moving on. To how, uh, who do we worship, sorry? Timothy Keller wrote in his book, Encounters with Jesus, about how everyone has to live for something. And that if it isn't Jesus, it will enslave and, and, fail, and fail you. Eventually, the purpose and meaning will just disappear. He mentions how it's the same with worship and quotes the award-winning postmodern novelist David Foster Wallace, uh, who once said, everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. He pretty much says that atheism doesn't exist because we all worship something. And this is true. People will always have something or someone that they hold in most favor and importance above anyone else. That is worship. It may be money, power, people's opinions, even the desire to have a spouse or create a family. I'm not saying these things that of themselves are bad, because they're not, but the worship of such things as idols over Jesus can be destructive and will dominate our hearts in place of where Jesus should be. John Calvin wrote, for what is idolatry, if not this, to worship the gifts in place of the giver himself? All of these things, money, you know, family, all these like, things that can be really good, they're gifts from God. So we've got to worship the giver, not the gifts. God's the creator. He's the, he's, he's the king whose kingdom we want to see come. When we worship Jesus, we're asking him into our hearts to change us and to remain in us. And in John chapter 15, verse 4 to 5, Jesus says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. 
it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. When we come to worship in an intimate way like this, uh, through song, prayer, writing in a journal, or discovering what God has to say through his holy word, it is good to think about who God is to us. We're first and foremost worshiping a God of love, God the Father, a God who cares deeply for us so much that he sent his only son to die for our sins. There is intimacy in worship because God wants us to have an intimate and personal relationship with him. With each one of us, he wants this. And this could only happen through the sacrifice that Jesus made and with his resurrection and ascension to heaven. Therefore, we worship Jesus Christ in thanksgiving and glorification for saving us and demonstrating his sacrificial love for us. When we sing Jesus' name in worship, we're exclaiming that he is our savior, he is our rescuer. We also worship the spirit of God, who in worship we ask to come and be present amongst us. Experiencing the Holy Spirit is a gift to us from God in which he communicates his love for us, allows us to feel the presence of God and to affirm that he knows us and always has since before we were born on this earth. And so together we worship the Holy Trinity, one God expressing himself in three persons. When we come together in worship, we're thanking, we're celebrating, experiencing and glorifying God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So why do we worship? From the very beginning, in Genesis through to Revelations, God introduces himself to us as a pursuer of our hearts, demonstrating his mercy, his grace, and his unconditional love for us time and time again throughout the Bible. We can go into the complexities and the intricacies of worship, but what we will always come back to is God's love for us. It all points back to that. And that is why we worship. It's a wholehearted response from us as we receive his unending love to him. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, it simply says, we love because he first loved us. That sums it all up. It's really as simple as that. But simple is powerful. When we really think about that, it takes the pressure off and gives us so much freedom in worship. God doesn't need our worship, and we don't need to worship him to seek approval or to make him love us more. Nothing can come between us and God's love. There's so much freedom in knowing that God loves us before we do a thing. Therefore, instead of a debt that needs to be paid through worship that we may think God requires from us to have a relationship with him, our worship is simply an offering of love in response to his love. And it's an opportunity to give God the glory for all the goodness that he's blessed us with in our lives. Jesus died for our sins already. We've been forgiven. Worship isn't it? you know, again, we can come every week and, and ask for forgiveness, of course. But the act of worship isn't, doesn't involve forgiveness. We've, we've been forgiven. So it's, it's all it is, is a time to, to love God as he loves us and to glorify him. And finally, why do we worship? Worship isn't about us. It's not about us. It's not about us having an experience or having a great performance if we're uh, serving in the worship band, even though the performances are always excellent. It's not about that. Worship is all about God, a response to his unconditional love for us. God, however, in his loving nature, gifts us during worship with so much to be excited about. When we invite the Holy Spirit to come, God's presence fills the room. 
and we ask for him to speak to us through words of knowledge. He does. We saw God's power and his generosity towards us last week when we wanted, this, wanted people in this room, he wanted people in this room to know that they are loved and they're known by him. So even when we worship, an act where we want to focus our love fully on God, he sends it right back to us. When we worship him and put him above ourselves and all others, especially during trying difficult times, oh my goodness, God pours out his heart for us. His heart breaks for what breaks our hearts and his joy overflows within us. So that's all I'm going to say today, guys. Um, I'm going to ask the band to come back up. Is that going to happen, Ali? Yeah? Nice. And yeah, we're just going to do a bit more of what we were talking about um, and we're going to worship God. So I'm going to give Nick his stand back and then I'm just going to pray. If, you just wanna, and, uh, if you're able to want to stand. God, come be with us this morning again. Holy Spirit, come. Rest upon our hearts. I pray, Lord, that you speak to anyone who um, you have something for, if you've got a word for them, an encouragement. I pray that, um, yeah, Lord, that we would just be open vessels for you to pour your spirit into and your love. Let your kingdom come, Lord. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Come speak to us, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Thanks for listening to the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, please visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk or find us on social media at Sterling Vineyard Church.